Good morning. Roger asked me to introduce uh, our friend Mingay this morning. Uh, Mingay has uh, 
been to Michigan already, northern Indiana, and now here to Elwood. And uh, just a little bit about him. When we landed in Ethiopia, when we adopted our kids, uh, he was the first person we made contact with, and he was with us throughout the month that Heather spent there. And uh, so not only us, but many other families he he helped when they landed in Ethiopia. I know there's about 19 kids in Michigan, somewhere around a dozen in Indiana, and then tomorrow we take him to Georgetown, Kentucky. From there he goes on to Knoxville, Tennessee, then from there he goes to South Carolina, then he flies to Pennsylvania, and then out to Washington State before returning to Ethiopia. So um, all of these families that he helped uh, have come together and uh, supported him in his uh, ministry, Hope Overflowing in Ethiopia. Um, now, it's part of our international mission within this church uh, Hope Overflowing is one of our international missions. We have local, national, and, that, and then the international. And one of them is uh, Mingay's organization. And uh, he's here today to share with us. Oh, Roger's uh, reminding me about the envelopes. There are envelopes out in, what do you call it, the foyer? Okay, the foyer. Foyer. <laughs> the French term, foyer. <laughs> Uh, uh, if you are uh, so led to to uh, help uh, with the mission in Ethiopia. So with that, I'll turn it over to Menge. Yeah, good morning, church. So I'm glad to be here this morning. I feel God here with you, and uh, I'm, very, I'm very pleased to be with you this morning and uh, speak about my country and about a little bit about myself. And uh, a little bit about the ministry I started in Ethiopia. So thank you for the opportunity. It's my third service this morning. So for, you know, an African young guy come to America and speak church, that's a big deal for me. So I'm very, I'm very grateful about the opportunity. Yeah, uh, my name is Menge. I came from uh, Ethiopia. That's my country. This is the, the country where these beautiful kids you see them every Sunday. <laughs> That's also their country. Ethiopia is one of the African countries. Some Americans think Africa is just one country. But uh, there are actually 54 different countries within in Africa. So Ethiopia is one of them. So over 100 million population in my country. So we are the second the largest uh, populated country in Africa. Nigeria is the first, and Ethiopia is the, the second, and Egypt is the third. And there are like more, 50, 51 more countries in Africa like that. So very big continent, and there is a lot of Christians in Africa. Uh, right now, uh, actually, there is more evangelical believers in Africa than any other continent. The largest Christians living in Africa right now. Because of for the past 100 years, the modern mission movement, you know, missionaries from Europe, uh, missionaries from America, North America came to Africa and Asia. That's their fruit. So now there is more evangelical believers in Africa right now. 
100 years ago, so about 85% of Christians lived in the, in the west part of the world, like in North America and Europe. But after 100 years, thanks for the modern mission movement, now 80% of the world Christians lives in Africa, South America, and Asia right now. Uh, let's change it. There is a lot of population actually back there. <laughs> there is a lot of people lives in Africa and Asia too. So Christianity is growing. And uh, in Ethiopia, about 65% the population, they are Christians. They call themselves Christians. And we have this traditional Christianity called Orthodox Christians. Like pretty much uh, looks like the Catholic Christians in America. So they believe in a lot of things. So I, I grew up in that church until I was 17. But when I was 17, I came to Christ. I came to the true Christian life. I was born again. And when I came to Christ, my life is transformed. I had a lot of problems before I came to Christ. I was a tough boy. I was doing a lot of uh, bad stuff before I came to Christ. But when I received him as Savior, my life has changed. And I, I was able to serve at the church. I was a youth pastor. And uh, I, I wanted to love and serve people. This like love God and love people this became my, my motto in my life. And in 2008, I got the opportunity to come to America for the very first time. So I was 25 there. I'm about 36 years old right now. I like 23, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'm 36. And uh, I came to the U.S. and uh, I learned, again, a lot of things. I came to Pennsylvania. I lived there for one year. And... Uh, I start, you know, seeing how people worship in the Lord. And, you know, I learned a lot of things from Americans. I have seen many great things from these nations. I am inspired by people here. I have all the positive memory when I was in Pennsylvania. I met a lot of good people. But when I was here, my mission was supporting the homeless people in Philly, Pennsylvania. So I didn't know there is, you know, homeless people in America. Because we think like, you know, back home, people think like differently about America. Just like heaven. No problem. <laughs> I was, you know, sharing with other services. If you ask some of my, my friends, my, you know, my, my people, they prefer America than heaven. If you give them, you know, options. Which one do you like? To go to America or to go to heaven? <laughs> they go for America. That, that, you know, it was a big deal for me to come here at that time. And people, if you go to big cities, you see a lot of immigrants coming all over the world. Now it's a big issue right now from the medias. <laughs> so they are coming from different countries and live here. And, you know, it's, uh, get a lot of money and support their home back, back their countries. So when you come to Africa and Ethiopia, you see a lot of big buildings, a lot of diaspora people who used to live in America. They moved with a lot of money, and they helped their people, their family. So for me, I was a volunteer. I didn't get paid when I was here. And I finished my missions, and uh, my family wanted to live here, to stay here, and to support them. Because I raised in the poor family, but God wants me to go back. It was very tough because I love my family. At the same time, I love my God. 
So God clearly spoke to me, you know, to go back. And I don't have anything to bring for my family, and I don't know what to do when I go back until a few years ago, until I started my ministry. And uh, my family also, they wanted me to stay there. It was very tough. It's a long story. I had a lot of challenge. It was very hard to say yes for Jesus. It was a very tough decision. I prayed to get that passion to say yes. And finally, I decided to go back. And uh, when I get back home, there was a lot of challenge. And I was, I don't have a job. I don't have anything to do. And I was waiting for God because, you know, he want, he's the one who wants me to go back to my country. Uh, and I was waiting for him, but he was actually waiting for me to understand missions. Uh, to understand, you know, Christianity is not about for my, my, myself. It's not about for my glory. It's all about for his glory. He wanted me to understand that the purpose that he created me is much bigger than myself. He wants me to realize that. So it, it took me years. Because in Ethiopia, in Africa, even though Christianity is growing, but we have this challenge called prosperity gospel. So people, you know, prosperity gospel is like people talk about their own blessing. We pray, we teach, we do anything for ourselves, not for others. So, you know, when I meet, when I meet like, you know, adopted families like, you know, Wally and Heather, they are my heroes. You know, to see the kids safe now, you know, at the hand of the loving family, it means a lot to me because I know our problem. We have more than 5 million orphans in Ethiopia right now who lost their loved ones. So, you know, having them, you know, coming to Ethiopia, coming to Africa, paid a lot of money to have a black child in their home, that means big deal. You know, that means a big deal. So I'm the one who understands that very well. That's why I'm visiting families, you know, encourage them. It's a mission, it's a ministry. God gave it to you. I'm encouraging families here. So I would like to say thank you for your big heart to love our kids and to take them home. And it's not easy to raise three kids at the same time. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Uh, I live with the 14 boys right now, so I understand. Stop. <laughs> so anyways, you know, the more I work for, with adopting families and, you know, God gave me this perspective to live for something bigger than myself, to be selfless Christian, then, you know, he gave me people like them. I started meeting a lot of good people. And now I started my ministry with one adopted family in, in Washington State. We started together. It's called Hope Overflowing. So our goal is helping missions in Ethiopia, helping missions in my country. I have been waited for many years to get, this, to, get to this point. But now, you know, I know that God is the one who wants me to start these missions. And uh, it has been great year since we started this ministry. This is my staff in Ethiopia. I have some staff, no, not all of them. I have uh, six staff members. And the rest you see from the picture that we help. And uh, there is straight, straight boys over there and straight girls too. We are trying to help them to be off from the street. And we are also trying to help them to know Jesus. You know, uh, we don't hope Jesus only for our, you know, physical life. We also want them to understand the big picture, to hope in Jesus, to have hope in Jesus. My life is changed because of him. So I want them, you know, to understand that love. If I don't tell them about Jesus, uh, just only feeding them and take them off from the street, that doesn't, that doesn't help. 
I want them to understand the love that I understand. Because I was tough boy, as I said, but because of the gospel, because of his love, I'm not a kind of person I used to be. I'm changed now. I live, I just want to, I just want to live for something bigger than myself because of his love. So I want these people, you see the picture right now, I just took, the, took that picture. So I want them to do the same that I am doing. So that's uh, our ministry in Ethiopia. So the, these are the boys, another pictures. All of them, they were on drugs. So they are like some of them, they are 10 years old boy, 9, 11, 12. They are very tough age. So you see them like, if you come to my country, you see a lot of boys on drugs, on the streets. They sleep and they live on the street. And they lost their families. And uh, Christians in Ethiopia, they don't really support them. Even though Christianity is growing, as I said. But missions, when it comes to missions, we often think like, oh, missions is like white people's job. It's not our job. Because they see like, if you talk about missionaries, the first thing came to their mind is like white people. They don't believe that there is a black missionary. So now I'm a missionary there. Because we are, you know, worshiping the same God. I feel the same spirit in this church right now when I serve in my country. The same God. God is the God of all the nation. He created everyone for his own glory. He created white people. He also created black people. Do you believe that? <laughs> so he created Asians. He created everyone for his own glory. So one day, we are going to meet every, 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 every people, every person that revealed by the gospel. In Revelation 7, 9, you know, John told us he saw a great crowd on the vision. That's a lot of people. No one can count from every nation's. Every tribe, every language, one day they're going to come together. They're going to glorify our great God. I love the song when we sing about his greatness. That's my favorite. Those, are, those kind of songs are my favorite song. To talk about his glory, his missions, his world. And he wanted us also to be the light of this big world. So God is not American and God is not African. God is not Asian. God is the God of all nations. He doesn't have any color. He doesn't have any citizenship. He created this big universe for his own glory. But he wanted also us to be the light for this big world. Because, uh, you know, there is different lifestyle back there in Africa. Uh, in Africa, people are not just living just like you guys. Just There is different lifestyle there. That's why missionaries, you know, decide... To live there, to move there. That's why families like Moody family decide to adapt them. Because lifestyle is very different back home. But there is God there. Even though we are a poor nation, but you know, if you come to my country, you see Holy Spirit working. You see God working in an amazing way. There is challenge, of course, many challenges, but there is also God. So we, we are, it's my passion, mobilizing Ethiopians to, you know, respond for our need to be adopted families like you, to respond for the mission. That's also my, my passion for the future. I don't want to come, you know, for, for the next, like, 10 years something every summer here. I just, wanna, I just want Ethiopians to take care of our need, you know, to overcome and take care of our ministry. Because God, God if God help you guys, he can also help us, right? But it's a matter of time. So that, that's why I'm here to speak about it.
So some, some numbers, some reality about my country, because I know some of you are struggling to understand my accent right now. <laughs> in Ethiopia, we have uh, 86 different languages. Uh, English is not one of them. So uh, our, our major language called Amharic, so my English is better than your Amharic, right? <laughs> so I still can speak your language. I don't think you can speak my language, so it feels me good when I think about it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, more than 5 million orphans in Ethiopia right now. If you Google, you can see it. Very, like, sad. Kids, you know, punishing without their mistakes. And Bible, in the James 1.27, told us, you know, to take care of the orphans, right? That's a true worship in the sight of God. That's in, the, in the book of James 117, I guess, 127 or 127, yes. Thank you, Pastor. So, Bible told us about it. So, it's a, it's a big need in Ethiopia, and that's also a big opportunity for the church to do something. And uh, over, you know, 100,000 straight kids only in Addis, my city, the city that I live right now. If you come, you know, you see a lot of kids on the street begging on drugs, uh, just, just crazy. Uh, you remember Heather, right? Wally, when you, when you come to Ethiopia, Wally, a lot of kids on the street, they are trying to beg, yeah. And straight moms, they use their children for the begging. They have, they have like a lot of problems. And Christians there, you know, they just go worship the Lord every Sunday. They don't want to help them. But there is some, you know, some people, I'm not saying like everyone is, you know, everyone is selfish. There is also some people trying to help, like us, like me. There is also, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of families to there trying to, to do something. Adoption was a good solution. But the Ethiopian government, they closed adoption. They don't want kids to be adopted anymore. What's their plan? We don't know. But we are hoping God can do something. So I'm Ethiopian, you know. I love God and I love his people. And living in Ethiopia as, as Christian is tough. I can't eat three times a day, and they don't have like one meal a day. And I see these kiddos on the street every single day. So that was very tough for me, you know, just to live for myself and to just think about my future without like ignoring that reality. So that's how I started this ministry. I, I just got these 14 boys, 15 boys on the street. It was very hard for me to develop a relationship with them. Uh, but finally, God gave me, you know, uh, a solution. He gave me a wisdom. Now, 14 of them living with me right now. All of them, they are out of drugs. All of them now, they love Jesus. They transformed now. Even though it's a challenge, but because of God, because of his power, uh, everything is possible. You see, the numbers are big. Five million, I'm talking about big numbers. But I'm telling you, like, I only have 14 boys. Because it's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy. To change one boy to be out of drugs is a lot of work. To transform 14 of them is another tough. But I have also another like 10 moms, and they have 15 children. <laughs> so I'm also having another home for them. That's kind of my future plan. Yeah, it was uh, before I think about Two months, something like that, before you came to Ethiopia. You came to Ethiopia like 2016, right? 
around October. That's the time I met these kids in Ethiopia. That's the time. So I was working, going to my organization. Uh, I used to work for Britannic Christian Service, the adoption organization. So they know about it. And uh, I met these two boys trying to eat a vomit. But because it looks like a food. Our food in Jera, uh, especially furfur, we have a, a food called furfur. It looks like it. So they thought like it's a furfur, a food. So I saw them on the street trying to eat that. And when they realized that's not a food, they, they just like so painful to see them, their reaction. And that's the, the moment Holy Spirit inspires me to do this. It took me only two weeks to develop a relationship with my boys. After that, I immediately decide, no, I have to do something. God is telling me something. I have to respond for this one. Then, you know, it was very hard to get their trust because they don't trust people. They hate me. They, they only know is hate. They don't understand unconditional love. When I go hanging out with them, hugging them, playing soccer with them, eating with them, they don't understand. Why you are doing this? They don't understand the unconditional love that I learned from Jesus. So it, 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 it takes time to realize that. So then I start feeding them once in a week, twice a week, and my friends join me three times a week, something like that. Then the more, you know, they see me, they see my friends, the love coming from us, they start, you know, realize, oh, these guys are something special. They love us genuinely. We hug them, we don't judge them, we don't talk about drugs, we just keep loving them. I remember, you may don't see it in that way, but... I bought a cigarette. One boy one day asked me, like, buy me a cigarette. I bought, I bought a cigarette for him. If I don't buy a cigarette for him, somebody buy him anyways. But now that boy is one of my favorites in my house right now. He's out of everything. When I trust, when I develop trust, you know, some, some of the things you don't understand, you don't even agree, because, because that's their wallet. You, I have to be them first, with them first, to invite them to my wallet. Then through time, I just share with them how that's like not good. But if I starting by, this is bad, this is bad kind of judgmental approach, they don't love me, they don't trust me. So it took me like about 10 months. I had them on the street with my friends for 10 months. Then after 10 months, you know, they, last summer, I remember even Pastor Roger reminded me, when I came to this church, I was personally, you know, had a conversation with him. And I shared with him about them because they were taken to the detention camp by our government. Sometimes when you have international meeting in my city, the government is kind of clearing the, the street to not seen by international leaders when they come to Ethiopia. So they were taken. So when, when they were taken, they were asked by, you know, the government officials about who are you, where you come from, who is your parent. So all of them, they gave my name at their parents. So when I get back home, I got a call from the government. So it was a good opportunity. Who are you? They asked me. I just told them about myself. And they heard about me from uh, the kids. About more than 20 kids, actually, they gave my name. I don't even know some of them. Then they said, okay, we heard about you, so do whatever you want to do. And I said, I don't have a license to help these kids. Because in Ethiopia, you need to have registered nonprofit license to do such things. But I don't know about that time. Then they said, okay, we can give you a special permit. But that was a good opportunity. Then I 
in two weeks, I rent the house. Uh, the, your church was supported us that time. I remember $1,500 you gave us that time. So that money and other churches supported us. So we rent the house. I hired staff. I bought fork, spoon, bed, and everything. In two weeks' time, now 14 boys, they are out of drug right now. They love Jesus. They are reading their Bible. They are transformed. Some of you, I think, they, you follow the, our newsletter. So you, you see that from that one. So for Power Flowing, the ministry, me and the other family from Washington State started, we have two focus. One of them is like helping straight children to be off from the street and to have hope in Jesus. That's one of our focus. So, so far we have 14 with us right now. As I said earlier, it's very hard to develop a relationship to help these kids, but, but by the power of God, now they love Jesus. They would like to do the same, what we are doing. I had an interview a few, few months ago. I was asking them different questions, and uh, it's a video. And uh, one of the questions was, what do you want to be when you grow? And all of them said, just like you. When I grow, I would like to do what you are doing. I would like to follow Jesus. I would like they, they see. I never told them about Jesus, for your surprise. But they know I love Jesus. They know I'm doing everything because of my love for him. The reason why I, I don't want to start talking about, you know, about religion is they have this negative perspective. People in Ethiopia, they go for help and they say, if you change your religion, I can give you food. If you change your religion, if you believe what I believe, I can give you clothes. I don't want them to become following Jesus because of the food. I want them, you know, to see the genuine love first. And they are the one who said, Menge, we want a Bible. We would like to read a Bible. Get us a Bible. They asked me to buy a Bible. I bought them a Bible. <laughs> they wanted me even recently. They said, like, Menge, I need a prayer. Take me somewhere. I took them to the church. So they start asking by their own to follow Jesus. They dis that's their decision. That's why they, they came to Christ right now. All of them. Because of their own decisions. So we also, I also have this passion, mobilizing Ethiopians. This is also one of my passion because then it is so huge. As I said, as, as I told you the numbers, we have a lot of need. Adoption is not working anymore in Ethiopia. So I want Ethiopians to be mobilized. I want Ethiopians to understand missions. To say yes for mission. To say yes for Jesus. To respond something. So I also teach Bible. I also mobilizing Ethiopians to understand this, to do what I am doing, and to respond for their calling. Christianity is not only going to church every Sunday and do nothing. No. Christianity is like something that we can glorify our God by our good deed. Maybe we, all of us, we can't be adopted families, but all of us, we are called to be a blessing for others. That that's, that's what I see in my Christian life. God called me to be a blessing for others, not only to live for myself. So when I come here, you know, Wally told me many times about your church, focus on missions, you know, local mission, national mission, international mission. This is the church that God wants us to be in the Bible. The first church in the Bible, they were doing such things. They help their congregation, also they are helping others. So this is a good model even for me to hear such things. Yeah, these are my boys, like in 2016, when they were on the streets, 
one family took this picture. Now they are living with me right now. And uh, the other one, there is like a bunch of uh, uh, pictures too. So this is how they used to sleep. This is the last picture I took. There are like 10 boys in that one blanket. They sleep on the street because I get them that blanket. Most of them, they don't even have a blanket. I give them that clothes that you see. So there is more under the blanket. There is more boys <laughs> under the blanket. So I took that picture. I, I went there early morning before they wake up. So I just took that picture because that's part of their story. Now they are not living there anymore. And they don't want to sleep by their own because bad guys came to do some bad, bad stuff. So they don't trust people. They didn't trust me. That's why it took me months to get their trust. The next one, now they have a bed. For most of them, it's a very first time to sleep in their own bed, to have a pillow, to sleep among the two sheets, to wear underwears, to brush their teeth. It's just the very first time in their entire life. People back there, they don't have any opportunity for that. They used to eat like this. I took this picture. They didn't see me when I took this picture. Now we have uh, our house. Right now they, there is food in my house. They used to eat like this. Found food on the street. And some leftover feed. Food, people gave it to them. I ate those a lot. When I was hanging with them, they feed me. If I refuse, in Ethiopia we call it gursha. We feed each other. That's part of our culture. If you go to somebody else's home in, in Ethiopia, they come up with our food and you have to open your mouths. That's uh, the way of love. That's our culture. Did you have that? Uh, <laughs> I know. But they fed me. If I refuse such things, oh, they may say, oh, this guy, he has another mission. He may take some advantage on us. He doesn't love us. So they, they think like that. So I have to eat what they eat. So I've been there before they are... Uh, with me right now. I've been there with them. And my friends also. I have a very nice guys. My good friends. They are doing such amazing work with me too. The next one. Yeah. This one also. Drug was like the tough thing. They smoke marijuana, weed. It's very easy to get it in my country. And they also do this uh, sniff and uh, suck the glue. It's very accessible. Like, like six, seven, eight. Eight years old boys doing that. My boys were doing that. I found them. It was very hard. The drug was like very, very tough. Uh, when they get drugs, you know, they just get high and they just forget some, themselves. And when I asked them why they are doing that, and some of them, they have reason. I don't want to blame them because they say like, one of the boys I remember, he said like, I miss my mom. Because she, she died. And to forget that memory, drug is like for him to go out, out, out of it. When they miss their family, their loved ones, you know, they don't deserve to live on the street at this age. They don't do any mistake. Somebody just made a mistake for them to be on the street. So when they do drugs, it, it helps them to forget their pain and to forget their family and to just do, you know, whatever they would like to do. They steal money from people, such things. The next one. 
when they get tired, they sleep like that in the middle of the road. They just get tired. They just like, you know, drunk. They just don't know what to do. So some of them, they just get hit by the car, hit by the, of, the police officers. They have many problems. One of the boys was broken his arm because of the police. Still, he's living with me. They are they abused a lot. They abused a lot. Some of them, they raped. Some of them, they live with HIV AIDS without their mistakes. So they have this kind of stories. I took those pictures. So that's before and after pictures, you know, still when they were on the, on the street. And the next one. So, as I said, all of them now, they are out of drugs. They love Jesus. So we have 14 now. I wanted to help more. So there is no only straight kids in Ethiopia. There are also straight girls, straight, not only straight boys. So I, I, I would like to also have another home for straight moms. And I would like to have another woman crew for them. And another separate home for them. And they can come and transform it by the power of Jesus. That's kind of our, our plan. So these are some of the straight girls. They came to my house. I have 10, about 10 girls right now. They have about 15 kids with them. So I'm going to have, you know, I'm praying for the provision because I'm going to have another separate house for them on September by God's will. And uh, this is the picture somebody took. If you come to my country, you see kids like that. They are alive. They look like they died, but they are alive. They sleep on the trash dump in the middle of downtown. This became like very popular picture right now on social media, this one. So I want to off more kids also. That's also my another future plan. So now they have a tutor in my house right now. And I want them to have a formal education on September uh, when our school started. So that's also another plan. And uh, what matters the most is I want them to know and to follow Jesus, to have hope in Jesus, to say like all my hope is in Jesus. So I love Jesus. I want them to, you know, to follow Jesus in their entire lives. That's their Bibles. They're reading their Bible. They ask me to buy the Bible. So I get them. So I want them to follow this uh, love in Jesus, to hope in him. That's how they, they can be delivered. So that's, uh, that's uh, my story, and that's uh, the ministry we started in Ethiopia. So thank you for your time and your prayer and your support and everything. I would like to see, I, I want you to see a, a short video. One adopted family came recently, and they took that video of me and the boys. So I, 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 want, to, I want you to see that video. Thank you so much for your patience and uh, for your time.
short to short.